You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. So if you would, take your Bible. This is not a long verse. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at uh, verse 4. And uh, as we started this series called Blessed, each week is a, a different area that God has blessed us in life and He's He's pointing to us to really think and take stock in what the real blessings are. It's easy for us in life to begin to give value to all kinds of things around us and to give them more importance and more uh, value than they really should have. And if we're not careful, we begin to think that our blessings are way over there. And that if we can just get that house or get that apartment or get that relationship or somehow if we can just get our health to be steadied or get that right job or whatever, and we, we always tend to chase the next blessing, the next thing, the next thing. And it takes us a while to realize that, you know what, once we get that, it's not enough. And I've got to have the next thing. It's not enough. I've got to have the next thing. And Jesus, as He came, He points to us. He says, guys, there's other blessings if you want to know what real blessing is like, come focus on these things. So these are things that all of us should, should pay attention to, all of us should look at, and they're probably things that we're missing. So this morning, he says in Matthew 5, verse 4, Jesus said this. He said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, because they're going to be comforted. Can you picture Jesus? He was up outside. I, somebody told earlier, I'm like, even Jesus didn't have handouts. Like, we had handouts. They were asking, like, where the big screen was, you know. And they quickly said, yeah, but he also fed the 5,000, you know. And he did walk on water, and uh, he had a lot of other things going. But can you picture Jesus outside, up on the hillside, hundreds of people, maybe thousands, we don't know. And really, people that were looking for answers in life, looking for solutions, trying to, they were asking the deeper questions of life, and Jesus had their attention, and He said, Guys, blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Now, mourning is not something that we like to talk about. Uh, in fact, we, most of us struggle to talk about our emotions, and we're going to talk a little bit about those today. But Jesus this morning is telling us to embrace those emotions, or at least embrace that particular emotion. And he says, we're blessed when we mourn. Do you, do you know what mourning really is? Have you thought about what, what mourning is? Sometimes it comes delayed. Sometimes it grips you and grabs you. I remember uh, several years ago, I, uh, I had been in Africa on a mission trip when my grandfather had passed away. And I hadn't seen my grandfather in a number of years, and I was there a couple of weeks, and so I missed the whole funeral, missed, missed everything. And it was, it was a little odd for me to be outside of my normal routine, right? I didn't really have a chance to mourn. I, I, I knew in my head my grandfather was gone. I knew I'd never see him again. He was my first grandparent that I'd lost. I was in my, I don't know, early to mid-30s. And, and when I got home, you know, life kind of went on. I hadn't seen him in a number of years. He lived in Florida. I was living in New York at the time, and, um, and just life went on. And then a number of years went by, and I happened to be uh, down in, in southern Georgia. 
believe it or not, Al Albany, Georgia, but I think they call it Al Albany. I think they have like a different spin on how they say it. And, uh, and I was driving from there to my parents' house in Pensacola, and I happened, this was long before like legit, you know, GPS. I didn't have anyone telling me turn left, turn right, turn this or that. And, uh, and I happened to, to stop just, I was on some back roads, highways, kind of trying to navigate my way from southern Georgia to, to uh, the Florida Panhandle. And I saw a sign that said, Mount Pleasant, Florida, this way. And that I'm sure doesn't mean anything to you, but that is a dinky little town Literally, don't blink or you'll miss it. And it happened to be the town where my grandparents were, or where they lived. And I thought, I can't believe that I am that close. So I took a left instead of a right. And I'm like, I'm just going to see if I can find their house. I hadn't been there since I was a kid. And literally, three miles down the road, all of a sudden, I recognized the trees, the yard, the house. I'm like, oh my goodness, this was my grandparents' house. So I pulled over in the car, and the yard had kind of grown up. And out of nowhere, I began to bawl like a baby, just pulled over and began to cry like a baby. And it was the first time that I had actually grieved. I was mourning the loss of my grandfather. I was shocked. I didn't know that was in there. It just totally surprised me and, and shocked me. And it was so, I realized it was so obvious that God just wanted me to see and experience that, to have that opportunity to, to, to walk through that kind of process. Jesus said that we're blessed when we mourn. Mourning is an emotional response of our body and our soul when our brain finally understands that it has lost something of deep value and it can't do anything about it. We don't like mourning because we are not in control we can't get it back, it's gone, it's over with, it's done. And it's something or someone that is so important to us that it paralyzes us and it almost can shut us down. In fact, serious mourning can almost feel like part of us has died, right? You guys have experienced this along the way and it's, and it's emotion that just we can't get under control and we can't, it comes out of nowhere. I. I Honestly, when it first hit, I was kind of shocked, and I just thought, where did that come from? I mean, it just kind of dawned on me that I never really grieved the loss of my grandfather. Uh, my grandmother had since passed away, too, and the house had moved on, and all of these memories had flooded back. And I remember being a little kid with my cousins on the porch swing, you know, one of those situations. It just mourning. Jesus said, guys, when we mourn, we are, we're, we're blessed. It grabs us by the throat. Now some of us, there's two ways that we approach emotions. Some of you are terrified of emotions, and I kind of used to be that way. We'll do anything we can to choke them down, to kind of hold them back, because we don't like them. Because when we get emotional, we don't feel like we're in control, right? It's just, ah, it's coming out of us, however. And so some of us have trained over the years and honed ourselves to where we don't want to show any emotion and we don't we want to be in control of the situation everything that's going on but emotions are kind of like a beach ball have you ever gone to the beach or the pool and tried to push a beach ball underwater you can get it down a little bit but it's going to squirt out one way or the other it's going to come out and our emotions are like that 
You know, I may, it was years later, and a whole different situation. I wasn't expecting it. Emotions come flying out of us. Some of you are on the opposite end of the spectrum. You're not only okay with emotions, but you, you not only embrace them, but you give yourself to them so much that you ride the roller coaster and you let them rule your life. And somewhere, not necessarily the middle, that we need to embrace and accept the emotions because Jesus said, you're blessed when you mourn. He not only acknowledged it, but He's saying, accept it and recognize that. But He also told us, you're going to be comforted. You don't need to stay in that mourning state all of your life. That You need to allow me to come and comfort your soul and to work with that. And today in churches, if we're not careful, a lot of us, if depending on your church background experience, well, you've got to be careful with emotions because you can't trust them. There's some truth in that. But emotions are helpful. They're there to be kind of a window into what's going on inside of us. I don't care whether we get worried or if we get nervous or we get fearful, if we're, we're grieving and mourning, if we get angry, those, those emotions all of a sudden hit. And what they're doing is, is they're giving us a window into the world around us and they're motivating us to deal with that reality. Because mourning is just one of those others like these other emotions that when suddenly our brain finally realizes what's going on around us, the emotions that hit are our way of beginning to recognize reality and to begin to cope and to respond as we should. You know, we've joked before, but if you have a bear chasing you down the trail, I hope you have in a moment an adrenaline rush and a little bit of fear. You probably need to deal with the situation, right? There's, that's good. You ought to act sooner than later. Emotions should motivate us to deal with those things. They only become a problem when we allow the emotions to overrule everything and we stay in that world. So we need to accept them, not be afraid of them, but we need to embrace them and allow them to motivate us to respond the way that we should. To allow them to, to shape us and to push us in the direction that we should. That's why you get, when you have a big exam, day or some of you guys uh, who are finishing up school you've got you know boards to take and major exams like if you don't pass this and do well you're pretty much your last four years was a waste of time like you've got to nail this exam that's why you get nervous it's designed to make you to motivate you to get you up into study and to be on time and not sleep in and not be late and kind of get your blood flowing to help you to be sharp and to address it so Jesus tells us that we're blessed when we're mourned, not to be afraid of it, not to push it aside, but to embrace it. Now, where does mourning really come from in our life? And we're going to talk in a minute why we're blessed, and we are blessed with it, but first, have you ever thought about mourning? We mourn because of the sin and the mess in this world. When God made this world, He made everything good. He made life. He did not expect, He did not want us, I don't mean to say that he, he was caught off guard or by surprise. God is never surprised by anything. But He did not design this world to experience loss. You and I mourn when we experience a deep loss in our life that causes 
It can cause regret and sadness and just overwhelmingly oppressive mourning and grief, which is what this word is talking about. When Jesus, when God made this world, He designed this world to experience nothing but life and vitality and future and hope and that which is good. For us to never lose anything, for no one to die, for there to be no death, no perishing, no cancers in the world, no head-on car collisions where people die. He designed this world to be perfect and good. He did not design you and me to go through life with mourning. The only reason that we mourn is because sin and death is entering into this world because of the junk that we've done. One of the mistakes that, that people make today is they look at the world around them and they know that it's a mess. There's wonderful things that we get to experience and I hope you get to experience some in the connection and friendships and fellowships that we have here today. There's wonderful things in this world. But we all know, turning on the news, looking into our own family's life, there's some horrible things that we have to deal with. And one of the mistakes that people make is to then turn around at God and say, God, why did you do that? And truth of the matter is, is God didn't. God made this world perfect and good. We as people are the ones that messed it up. We're the ones that disobeyed Him and that introduced sin and death into this world. And consequently, there's been a cataclysmic uh, chaos that has ensued where these awful things just happen randomly. And, and we do experience all those things. And then we experience all of the, the social ills and all of the societal things and just the violence and hatred and all of the awful stuff around us. But that was not God's original design. See, what, what Jesus is telling us is that mourning comes as a result when you and I are dealing with the ramifications of our disobedience as people to God. And when we realize that, and we're suffering because of that, He says, now you're dealing with reality, and now that you are, I'm going to comfort you. You see, God cares about the mourning. I don't care whether you're losing a loved one or there's other things that, that you're grieving and mourning over. All of it is a result of our disobedience to God. That's not to say, I'm not saying that, well, my grandfather sinned because of that he had to die, you know, physically in that way or any of those things or because of my sin. No, I'm not talking about that. But we introduced into God's creation our sin earned us death as a people. And all of our sins individually have separated us from God, the Bible says. And consequently, we, we live in this, this crazy, messed up world that we suffer those things. And when we finally deal with that, and we accept those realities, just like when I pulled over that day, not expecting to, to all of a sudden, I wasn't thinking about my grandparents and the anything. I didn't realize that my little trajectory of trying to get from point A to point B were taking me right past old roots and family and history and all of that. But when you and I kind of through our journey of life trying to get from point A to point B, minding our own business, and we run into things along the way, and we find ourselves grieving at the consequences and the things that we see around us, the God of heaven promises to comfort us, to be there with us. So before I talk a little bit about specifically about what we grieve over, before I move on, some of you have grieved. 
Some of you may still be grieving now. And some of you, God may be stirring up old things inside of you. I want you to hear loud and clear that God wants to comfort you. He wants to come alongside and to comfort you and bless you. That your grief and the pain and whatever you have gone through in your life are not hidden from Him. And it's not... He, he's not sitting back there saying, I don't care. I'm not going to help or do anything. That He actually wants to walk with you and comfort you. And I'm going to finish talking about that in just a minute. So what are the things that we grieve about? I want to talk about what godly grief is. There's a lot of things that we could mourn that Jesus would not be too worried about. You know, I'm pretty sure He's not talking about missing out on that great Black Friday deal because you didn't get up five minutes earlier, you know, and get in line soon enough, and the person in front of you got the last one. I'm pretty sure He's not talking about that kind of thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure He's not talking about any kind of mourning that might come from us not getting our way of wanting to do something that's you know, not honoring to Him or harmful or hurtful to others. He's really talking about a mourning as specifically as it relates to ourselves spiritually. We looked last week that blessed are the poor in spirit, and that poor in spirit doesn't mean financially poor, it means spiritually poor. He's talking about blessed are those who are mourning spiritually in their, in their life. A little bit later on, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, he's talking about a spiritual mourning that involves also the death of our loved ones. But he's talking about more about the sin in our lives and the world around us. He says, when you see that, you ought to mourn. You know, this summer's had a lot of headlines, right? I, I, I'm grateful for the news in New York that apparently we're not as sick as the rest of the country. I'm grateful for that. I hope it continues. I will let all of you discuss and be armchair quarterbacks with how effective masks are or not, or six feet or not, and wind effects or not, and I've had many of those conversations and thoughts myself. Um, but regardless... We turn on the headlines, and I grieve. I'm kind of tired of seeing, you know, the latest. I get the our, our town supervisor's uh, daily email, and I think he's up to like 160 or so, right around there. I'm like, my goodness, that's like that's like a, almost what's that? Almost half a year. We're like, we're going on six months of this thing, and in there, how many people are sick, and how many have died? I I grieve for people knowing they have those difficulties. I, I grieve for people that can't go see their family because they're stuck in a nursing home. And I grieve for those in the nursing homes that can't make sense of it because you know, they're dealing with other uh, mental you know, health issues and they can't understand why their family can no longer come in and see them. I grieve with that. I, I grieve when I see the, the violence and... and and people trying, us as a country, trying to somehow sort out past uh, and present issues with, with racism. And I grieve at the realities and, and the things that I hear that people have had to endure as a result of racism. I also grieve 
when I see current atrocities of trying to fix racism and past things, and I look at it and I say, God, this world is a mess. It's a mess. I grieve when I hear about human trafficking. I grieve when I hear about abuse and domestic violence. I, I grieve when I see selfishness and self-centeredness and greed and lust. I, I grieve when I, I hear about the increasing violence and murders. I, I mourn when I hear about the drug overdoses of people who end up dead thinking they're either getting an escape or a high, and they end up dead. You see, Jesus is telling us that we're actually blessed when we deal with reality. We talked a little bit last week of how in our culture that we elevate happiness above most things. And I like to be happy. I like to have fun. If you guys have spent any time around me, I love to kid, I love to smile, I like to have fun. I also know there's a time we need to be serious. And I don't like mourning. I don't like grieving. And if I'm going to gravitate toward one thing or the other, I'm going to move every time all day long away from the bad stuff, the yucky feelings, that's a good spiritual theological word, right? To the fun, happy things. But Jesus says there's a danger. If you just have as your life's goal to only be happy, you'll miss reality, You'll not deal with things the way that you should, and you'll miss some things that I'm trying to do in your life and the world around you. So he tells us to embrace it and to recognize where it comes from, because then and only then are we going to be motivated to do something about it. You see, God doesn't want us to just stay in this state of grieving and mourning. We've got to, the reason I'm going on about this is because we like to move past it too fast. Let's get to the comfort part, Sean. But you can't get to the comfort if you don't deal with the grieving. In fact, the opposite is true. If you don't grieve, you're not going to experience the depths of God's amazing comfort to your soul. You're not going to have the stories in your life that how in the middle of your difficulty, dark night, that God blessed and ministered to you. But when you and I look at the world around us, it should cause us to do two things. It should cause us, when we see all of that, we should say, God... Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus told us to pray in that way. That what we're seeing around us and all of the, the stuff is what happens because God is not king of people's hearts. And it's because God is not king of people's souls. And because they're not looking to Him for solutions and to solve problems, and instead they're looking to their own ways, their own solutions, rightly seeing some problems, but their solution is many times almost if not just as bad as the problem they're trying to fix. And instead, for you and for me, we should be praying, God, would Your will be done in my community, in my city, God, would your will be done? Would your kingdom come in that person's life? Would they come to know Jesus is king? Would they recognize their own sin? And that they need, for, they need help. They need their pain and their mourning 
to be over to be worked through. They need your forgiveness and your healing into their soul. God, would you work in their life in such a way that they experience your blessing and your presence in their life? We should pray that. And then we should minister and serve and reach out. Just as Vicky shared with us a minute ago is her heart for Albany. And as you guys know, we as a church, part of the reason I even became a pastor here at River is because I love Albany. I, I, I want to see God glorified in, 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 in Albany County and Schenectady. I mean, it's just right over the corner. We like Schenectady too, but it's Schenectady, right? How many of you from Schenectady? I'm just picking on you. Yep, some of you guys. Okay, you guys know I'm having fun and teasing you. But anyway, but we should minister and serve and connect and look as we go throughout our day and our world to bring that gospel message of hope because we have mourned and we've seen the reality of what people are, are dealing with around us. And the second area that we're supposed to mourn is not just as we look at our world around us, but really what Jesus is beginning to get to, and this is where the mourning will hit us hardest, is when we turn inward and look into our own soul. And we realize the junk that we see out there is like you and me looking in the mirror because that's the junk that's in here. And we see the greed in our own soul. We see the criticism and the gossip. We see the selfishness. We see the self-centeredness that only views at the world from our perspective and not other people. We see the lust. We see the bitterness and the anger and the hatred. Oh, we're good at covering it over because we like the beach ball, like the morning. We'll, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to push that aside. I don't know where that came from. And we kind of try to compartmentalize it and put it off in a corner in our life and not look at it, kind of shove it into the closet and you know, kick the door shut. And what Jesus is saying is that you and I are blessed when we're willing to open that closet and look inside of it and say, that's nasty. That's bad. That's gross. God, I don't know what to do. I'm mourning because of the loss of my soul and not being what it should be. Not being what it could have been. Not being what you intended. Not being what my head wants to be. My head has me wanting to be over here. But my reality is way over here, God. If you and I are honest with ourselves and our soul, we will have some, some real searching in our heart, discovering that junk, not to enjoy it, not to just wallow around in it, lie in it, but so that the problem can be discovered, that we turn to God for help and personally for forgiveness. Remember, emotions are the reality when we're looking at what's going on and they motivate us to do something about it. So when you and I look at the world around us, it should motivate us. We should do something. We should pray for the world. We should serve and engage and connect and bring the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves us from our sins and gives us a relationship with Him that puts us all on an even footing before God in heaven. And then when we turn and we look at our own soul, we should say, God, I got those same problems. God, I'm not who I really want to be. I'm not who I aspire to be. God, I've done stuff that I can't get past. See, that's by definition is the mourning. When we lose something so valuable to us and we can't do anything about it, 
to the point that we lose any hope or anticipation of any difference in our future. That's what I experienced that day with my grandfather, that I couldn't change it. I had no hope of ever seeing again. I had no hope of ever returning to some of those times in my childhood. Gone. Gone. And when you and I, when we think about it spiritually in our life, when we realize, God, I'm not as good as I thought I was, as I wanted to be. And God, this is not working out. There's always a moment of there when you and I come to those terms of that reality that there's a mourning of that, a grieving of our soul of where we are personally. And Jesus is telling us this morning is that when we get to that point, mourning for our own soul, our own sin, then God in heaven comes alongside and He comforts us. You see, only until we're willing to deal with that reality, only then can we go to God and say, God, would you forgive me? God, I don't want to live that way and do any of that anymore. We stop hiding. We stop making excuses. We stop compartmentalizing. We stop blaming other people. And instead we say, God, you're my only hope. I got nothing. I got no way to fix this. See, sometimes people have grieved, but they've just kind of almost become fatalistic. Well, there's no hope. I'm just, I am who I am, and this is, is all that it's going to be. I've just messed up my life. And the incredible thing is, is God says, no, I'll bring genuine comfort, because I'll forgive. You come to me, you turn away from that stuff, I don't care how dark a night of a soul you have experienced in dealing with your sin. I don't care what you've done, but if you turn to me, I will come to you. I will forgive that. I will cover that. I will refresh you in your relationship. You will have a relationship with me. And the rest of your life, you will walk with me. And I personally will comfort you. See, God promises to comfort us in this life. We're going to go through seasons of mourning. I'm describing the big one when we finally come to that place where we realize we need to be saved from our sin and to trust Jesus one time for all time, giving our life to Him and surrendering our life to Him and asking Him to be in Lord of our life and our Savior, entering into that relationship with Him by faith alone. But even after that time, there'll be moments when you and I realize that, God, I thought I dealt with that. God, you convicted me of that not too long ago. And we'll feel bad and we'll mourn. And we should. Because that mourning is motivating us to go to God for hope, for answers, for solutions. We don't gain anything by just sitting back in the chair and walling around and being in that mourning. All of the emotions are designed to motivate us to do something, to be encouraged, to turn to someone, especially to turn to God. That probably most of the emotions, I'd have to think about it, most of them, the right response is, is God help me, <laughs> right? I'm angry, God help me. I'm afraid, God help me. I'm insecure, God help me. I'm anxious, God help me. <laughs> you know, I'm mourning, God help me. They're there to motivate us toward God. And when, when we do that, He comes and that godly comfort or that godly mourning turns to godly comfort because He comes alongside and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
It's the, what we experience in the future, the Bible tells us in heaven and Revelation, that He will wipe away every tear. Every single one, He will wipe away. That doesn't just mean physically. That means the cause behind those. He will remove that pain. And you and I have glimpses of that. We'll still mourn as we think about things. If I were to dwell heavily on missing my grandparents, I, I would cry, not like I did that day. But the difference is, is I know that God comforts me in the middle of that. And my hope is in something much, much, much bigger. So guys, as we think about life, your greatest blessings isn't in that next big screen TV you're trying to buy. It's not the next and greatest technology, the new cool smartphone, the, the latest and greatest computer, the concert that you're going to get to. Neither is the biggest, worst thing happening to us this summer is because we can't go on this trip or we can't do that or we have to be quarantined or we can't be out. But Jesus says our, one of the greatest blessings that we have is having the God in heaven to be our personal counselor, our personal comforter, to have the King of the universe to pay attention to us in the middle, right in the middle of our life and whatever's going on that we're hurting and struggling and walking through. He says, turn to me. Embrace that morning. Lean into me. Listen to why you're, you're hurting. Own that. But look to me for answers and I will come and I will comfort you. I don't know this morning how this is hitting you guys. I hope it's not a downer. I'm not trying to be. I hope it's encouraging us. Mourning is not the most fun thing to talk about. We try to, frankly, kick it to the curb and get through it as fast as we can. But Jesus is telling us the opposite. No, you do need to mourn. And you need to embrace it at times. Don't be afraid of it. Don't think something's wrong. It's not a sign of weakness. Emotions aren't a sign of weakness. It's only a sign of weakness when you let them control your life and dictate the way you think instead of realizing the emotions are going to flow out of your body. And if you get your brain in line and get where you got, they're motivating you to do something, you're okay with them. But maybe God is trying to help you to deal with your own aspect of sin in your heart. And for us, I'm, I'm willing in my own heart to embrace the depth of my sin as I look inside of it because I know this. When I own it before God, it's just like going to the doctor. Most doctors are like this, I hope. Who doesn't sit there and jump my case because like, I've had multiple skin cancers. I have to be careful. I'm kind of breaking the rules right now a little bit, but the doctor doesn't jump my case. How dare you with your bad DNA that you've got, that you're vulnerable to all of this. You're just an awful person. I just say, Doc, I got a spot. Would you look at it and tell me what I need to do? God's the same way. When we say, God, I do have a spot. This one is my fault. He says, thank you. I'll help you with that, son. I love you. God will be firm with you, but he'll be gracious and forgive you. And you can move on in life and have the weight of that removed and know that the God of heaven has forgiven you. So guys, 
I hope in the middle of this somehow that God is helping you to mourn, to embrace your reality of your soul, to motivate us as we live in the world around us. Don't think as we watch the news, well, I can't do anything. The reason the world is a mess in the news is because it's a mess in people's hearts. And the way that's changed is one conversation at a time. And God wants to use you profoundly to share a message of hope, forgiveness, salvation, future. And just as you serve people, as you and by serving them, it may simply, I don't know, get them a cup of coffee or a cup of water or letting them get in front of line when you realize they're dancing because they gotta go to the bathroom or their kids gotta go to the bathroom, but just truly, genuinely caring about people. And along the way, sharing the message of hope that you have for the God who did the same thing and loved you and forgave you and overcame all the junk in your life. When we do that, that's when we have a taste of heaven on earth. That's when we have the taste of God's comfort in our own soul. And we see God at work profoundly in people's lives. And we see Him change their lives like Susan and I saw and you saw with Vicky and Caitlin. And then they turn around and begin to change that in other people's lives. That's the church I want to be. That's the people that we want to be. And that's who Jesus told us to be. So, but to get there, we've got to be willing to mourn. So I'm going to pray, and this will close our service out. Because of uh, COVID, we don't have all the songs we're used to singing and ending up the same way. We're trying to honor our leaders and be wise and all of that. Now the sun's coming out. It's a good time to pray and end. Everybody's squinting at me. So I'm going to wrap it up. But before we do... I'm going to just challenge you to take one thing that you needed to hear this morning. Maybe you've gotten discouraged about all the mess in the world and you had to forget it, I'm just not going to watch it. Maybe you just need to be encouraged that God is the one who's hope. and Put your eyes there. Maybe you need to realize that other people are hurting and dealing with the best thing to deal with sin, but what they really need is salvation. Jesus really is the answer to all of this junk around us. Maybe there's something else. Maybe you need to trust Him for your own soul, for your salvation. But would you take just a second and make that commitment, that decision before God? And I'm going to pray and that will end our service, okay? Father, I'm so grateful to be able to share together outside. Lord, I'm so grateful to see everybody. What an encouragement that is and for us all to be together. Father, I know that the blessed are those who mourn is not the typical thing we'd want to hear or expect with blessings in life. But Father, when we deal with the realities and the awfulness, then we're actually moving toward a solution, and that solution is only You. Help us, Lord, I pray, to experience Your grace, Your forgiveness, and Your work in the world around us. Help us to spread that salvation, the gospel hope of Jesus. Thank You for loving us and not giving up on this world but instead sending us out to share the gospel with others. Lord, I pray your blessing on every person that's here today. Help us in the middle of this season to find new ways to just take those few seconds and those few moments, whether at the grocery store, or at the hardware store, or the garage getting our car fixed, or at work. Help us to be that kind of encourager and hope giver and grace giver. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Visit us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or online at riveralbany.com.